are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Coffee with Kim. I invite you to journey with me to a new day. I believe God has led you to this moment and this place because He is about to bring purpose and potential to your story. So join thousands of women and men from around the globe who have discovered how powerful their stories become once Christ touches them with His purpose. Don't you long to make this same discovery? Then grab your coffee, scoot in, and join me as we let God's Word reveal how every part of your past has been preparing you for this very moment. Have you considered that the choices we make about caring for our bodies, our minds, and spirit should glorify God? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee, Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. I'm Kim Crable, and as always, so delighted to be your host. Get ready today, my friends, for a fascinating conversation that is going to remind all of us about true self-care that goes beyond actions to help us function at our best, our very best, physically, mentally, and, of course, spiritually. To discuss this crucially important topic, today is the author of two books on this very important subject, Dr. Charlotte Iliopoulos, RN, MPH, ND, and PhD. This woman knows what she's talking about. Dr. Charlotte has been a leader in casting and lighting views on holistic, holistic health and aging. She is a respected, prolific, and award-winning author. Dr. Charlotte serves in a variety of ministries, which we're so delighted, one um, being ours, Roses and Rainbows Ministries, but she does this to assist in equipping people to care for the precious lives in which they have been blessed. Oh my goodness, how many are already excited about this topic today? Grab your pens. Grab your pieces of paper as we welcome to the show Dr. Charlotte. Good morning, friend. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning to you, and I'm glad to be with you today. Well, we are delighted. As you know, I feel like that this is just a topic that's so incredibly important in our world today. It just seems like people are just almost running ragged. I see it among everyone. And so you have these two books that I'm holding in my hand that I hope everyone will order by the time we get through today. But I, I, it's on uh, you know, taking care of ourselves. Tell us what this means. What is Christian? Uh, how, what is the difference in taking care of ourselves through the eyes of what God would say versus what the world would say? Oh, Very good. Well, you know, for years I've been involved with holistic health circles where many times God was the only spiritual um, presence that was absent from that group. They kind of thought there were many spirits that affected our health. And as a Christian, I, I believe that we know that whatever we do, we do for his glory and because we are serving him and honoring him. Um, You know, the word holistic actually implies the connection of various parts to make a whole. And so in, in this case, it's looking at body, mind, and spirit and how they act together in a powerful, significant way so that the sum of the parts is, is greater. For instance, instead of 1 plus 1 plus 1 equals 3, it's 1 plus 1 plus 1 equals 10 or more. Um, and it's a wonderful way to show our obedience to God um, to, and to recognize that, uh, again, he has given us a temple that we have a responsibility to care for. I love that. And I love, I, I, you know, the whole concept of the three working together, holistic connection of various parts, that to me almost says that there has to be a balance between the three. Is that true? It, yeah, well, they, there is a balance, yes, and they all are important. 
um, sometimes we think that um, we can be good Christians alone because we pray and we serve and we go to church. And actually, in, in some of the same people who do that will sometimes neglect their emotional health or um, not eat properly, not exercise, not take care of, of their temples um, as they should. And it really is a process of, of wholeness. It is looking at the totality and being the best, achieving the best in all those different realms of our lives. Now, with that said, it's challenging for us to do that. And again, my bias is it's particularly challenging for women to do that for, for many reasons that we can yeah. discuss. But, um, yeah, it's, it's every aspect. Well, let's just start there. I love I, 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 you. You opened that, and I love that. Let's just talk about that. Why is the self care so challenging, especially for women? Well, you know, there's a there's a quote that Rosalind Carter um, has that said that there are four kinds of people in the world: those who have been caregivers, those who are currently caregivers, those who will be caregivers, and those who will need caregivers, and Basically, if we think broadly about caregivers, they come in many forms, not just people who take care of sick people. But being a caregiver is a parent caring for children, grandparents caring for grandchildren, spouses helping out their significant others, and women keeping the home in order for their for their families, and um, being involved in parent care, friends helping friends, volunteers helping the organizations that they serve within, employees who take on added activities at work. So there are many, many different forms of this. And although men are engaged in doing these kinds of things that, that serve others and help others, typically more of it falls on women. Um, you know, typically in terms of caregivers of, of ill people, it's mostly women who provide this. Um, caring for children mainly affects women, and 80% of women are mothers, um, so they are caring for their children, and one-third of those are grandmothers as well. Um, and that doesn't end when the children become adults, as, parents, as mothers probably know, that you know, we have this rise of the number of young people who return to the parents' home to live and, and to seek direction. And despite all the great sharing of responsibility between the sexes that has happened over the years, women spend twice as much time caring for their children as men, as well as doing twice as much housework as men. And they also volunteer in organizations more than men. So um, all this goes on, by the way, while 60% of them are in the workforce. So um, the, the other thing that's interesting about this, I recently read that there's research that shows that this behavior is not just limited to human females. They found that female squirrels work harder and are more active and have more fragmented rest periods than their male counterparts. So we're not alone. <laughs> that is so funny. I, that, now that's a little tidbit that that people can remember. That that, that is so funny. <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm holding these two books of yours, and I'm hearing everything you're saying. You know about the holistic uh, health, but then you know, and why we care for one another. And then I'm reading this other book. Look at this other book that you've written about uh, become what is uh, being a, a, a Carol Carolism Carol Yeah, Caraholic, Yes. Um, you know, and, and the two, I mean, you really, these balance one another out, don't they? Is that why you did that? Because we can, we are so driven to do and to be and to fulfill and, and, but we also have to come over and take care of ourselves. That is a balance that I'm not sure that I've, I've made yet. And that's why I was so excited about talking to you. I feel like I read into the, your book, I'm, I'm just going from one book to the other, as to why we do that and the different reasons that we become so busy. So today I want to find some kind of balance, even if it's just mm -hmm. for me. I want to find balance between doing all that you said that we do with all the time that we do it, but yet being able to come back, pull back and go, wait a minute, this is my time, and not feeling like some of the ways that you talked about guilty mm -hmm. or like I'm neglecting. So let's talk about 
began talking about achieving that balance, and I'm going to go back over to um, your holistic view of health. Let's go back to that, Dr. Charlotte, if we can, just for a minute, and let's talk about the three areas, spiritual, physical, and mental. And we can do those together, or we could, you know, take one, the spiritual, and start there. How would you like to divide this up? Oh, we can, we can, any way you you like. I mean, we can talk about let's them together. The, yeah, let's well, go just on. talk about our spiritual health and and what that what that means through the eyes of biblical perspective. Well, you know, um, God gave us a. You know, did not give us a spirit of fear. I mean, in, in, we learned from Timothy that uh, he did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so we have the God-given ability to do what's necessary, but we often don't. And uh, <laughs> you know, and also our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It is a precious gift, and following the Lord really requires every single facet of ourselves. So when we neglect any piece of it, be it our mental health or taking care of our physical health with diet, exercise, whatever, or or spiritual health, we're not only harming our own well-being, but we're dishonoring God and not able to fully live the life that he planned for us. So it's important to look at all of these three elements and how they are connected and how they powerfully work together. To And when they're working together optimally, they can create some powerful results for us, results that impact all those around us and our ministries and, and the whole Christian walk. Um, when we're not doing it well, it, it takes its toll on us. You know, I, I like to tell people one of the first things we need to do is to sit and reflect and say, you know, are, am I really engaging in my self-care as much as I should and could? And many times we are so busy just doing that we don't sit back and say, hey, am I neglecting any piece of this? You know, am I spending as much time with the Lord as I should? Am I exercising, watching what I eat, dealing with my stress release? Um, you know, many times we just don't even sit to assess where we are individually with this process. And, and I think that's an important thing to do because that's the only way we're going to try to figure out where problems lie and what is it about the way we're wired that causes us maybe to neglect these different elements of our holistic health. Dr. Charlotte, why is it, do you think, that we do that? Is it, is it guilt? Is it something that we were raised with? Why is it that we feel that we are to push and push and keep pushing? Mm. And, you know, it, it's, it's many reasons. I mean, I, I know myself, in, in my case, you know, I was raised by a, a Greek mother who was a homemaker and her whole life was the home. And at that time she believed, you know, you had to have these very complex home-cooked meals every day and you had to iron and clean and the, the woman had to do this. So I was socialized. And even though now I've come a long way and, you know, my mind is, has, has been exposed to other things, that's a hard thing to break, that imprint from that early socialization that we got in our homes. Um, and then, you know, I know in my case, and maybe other women can relate to this, when, when I came of age during the women's lib movement, we believed we could have it all and do it all. And, um, you know, it's, it's almost like we thought we could be these super women. I, I don't know if any, if, if you or some of the listeners remember that, I think it was Angelique um, perfume commercial um, that I think was out in the 70s. And it told us that, um, you know, we could, you know, have it all. We could, you know, get up and get our kids off to school and go to work and work nine to five and bring home the bacon and fry it up in a pan. <laughs> and so many of us were programmed to think, yeah, we could do it all. We, we have this super um, person, the superwoman complex. Um, and in addition to that, some of the reasons are that we have love and commitment to others, we feel a sense of duty, um, you know, that, you know, we want to serve, we want to be responsible to our families and our family members. Um, sometimes we feel guilt if we don't do. I mean, I think about the women I talk to who 
continue to do Thanksgiving dinners, even though, you know, everybody, there's all these younger family members who have households and could handle it. They still feel they need to do it and would feel guilty if they said, no, this year I'd like somebody else to take that on. Um, you know, we sometimes do it to avoid other actions or we get rewards from it sometimes. There's even evidence that there are certain personality types. Um, for instance, with that anagram system of personality patterns, and there are nine personality types identified, one of those types is that of a giver. And with that personality type, that person's highly sensitive to the need of others and puts energy into caring for others more so than caring for themselves. Um, and then there's also neuroscientists have found that the brains can be wired in different ways, that some of us um, have differences in the dopaminergic system of the brains, um, which in, in essence causes us to be like addicts in terms of we get rewards when we're doing for others and getting that feedback, so we just keep doing it. Um, so lots and lots of complex reasons why we do behave this way. And that's why it's important for us to sit and reflect and sometimes sit there with a friend and talk about this and say, why, why am I like this? You know, what causes me to be this way? Yeah, I think, you know, that's the beginning of all counseling, isn't it, is just to go back and really think about what we're thinking about, what, what are those thoughts, why are we doing what we're doing. And, um, I, you know, the Bible talks about renewing, not conforming, but renewing you know, our brain, and, and that's really where it has to go because I, I and you you know me, I, I love, and I think most women do, we, we love to care for other people. We love to serve other people almost to the detriment of our own health. And many times I have, I mean, you remember the time I ended up in Hopkins for eight days, and it was really just where mm-hmm. I, had, I had the signs, that there was something wrong with my body, and I just kept pushing, and I kept pushing. And I feel like that, of course, mine was manifested more in a physical way. But, Dr. Charlotte, don't you think, and maybe I don't know if you think I shouldn't even start it that way, but let me ask you this way, this in this way. How, with with our society and with the the, the anger issues and all that we're seeing with the attitudes, I wonder how much of that is just based in exhaustion of really not taking care of ourselves, that we're just pushing so hard that we don't have, we're not exercising the fruit of the Spirit like Paul tells us. What, what do you think about that? Do you think that, this, that we're just overexhausted from just not caring for ourselves that causes just these and these temper and outbursts of anger in our society today? Oh, I think that's a big part of it. I think that's one of the one of the major reasons for it. We are so busy, and many times it's the nickel and dime busyness that we have. I mean, we're running around doing lots of little things, and we're on social media, and we're filling up our time with a lot of things that are directed outside of ourselves. And, um, you know, it, it does take its toll. We just don't take that time for ourselves. We don't think about that. We don't just sit and reflect and have time when we're not busy doing and engaging. And it really psychologically, spiritually, physically does take its toll. It certainly does. Mm-hmm. I can remember one thing, and for you young moms who are listening, one of the things that I did that I really didn't—I really didn't even understand the importance of it at that particular time in my life. I was more on a survival in survival mode. But one thing I did, Charlotte, is my husband traveled. My boys were young; they were two years apart, and I can remember getting up in the mornings. I get up really early to get some work done. And then I was a stay-at-home mom, but I was very active in their lives. There's always lots going on, lots, lots of plans, lots scheduled. But I would always say to myself, Kim, work through this day in the manner which you'd want to because at 8 o'clock, it's bubble bath time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I would, and, I, and I would know, and it, it, Charlotte, it helped me with my, my, my um, temperament. 
it helped me with my patience because I knew there was a time coming that I had set aside just for me. And that's what you're talking about, one of the parts when you talk about self-care, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, you know, finding, and you know, in terms of what we do with our self-care, I mean, the ways that we tend to ourselves, um, I think you hit it on the head. I mean, first of all, honoring the fact that you need to have time to yourself, even if it's those little breaks that you get throughout the day when you've got those busy days. Um, I, You know, I think that... Uh, I remember how impressed I was when I first read um, Brother Lawrence's um, The Practice of the Presence of God and how he would pray when he did tasks, such as washing dishes. And I know, as, as maybe as trite as that sounds, that was really, that spoke to me because I thought, you know, I always thought that I couldn't pray, I couldn't really spend the time because I couldn't take an hour off and go sit by myself in a nice quiet place somewhere and do it. But I could do it while I was washing dishes and, and uh, you know, taking a walk or doing, taking a drive somewhere that I could connect with the Lord during that time, um, that I could make the time in my normal routine day, as, as uh, you were talking about, to prepare for that. You know. mm-hmm. um, makes me think of John Wesley. He talked about his mother who would pray. She'd sit sit there in the family room with with all the kids around, but she'd take her apron and put it over her head, and the kids kind of knew this was, you know, you don't bother mom during this time because that's her prayer time, <laughs> you know, how we have to kind of that carve is- that out. Yeah, that and if you don't carve it out, you'll lose it. I, I once read Absolutely. that to set a time during the day that you're going to have your time, if if possible. Like mine was at eight o'clock at night. I knew the kids would be in bed. That was my time. Mm-hmm. And I re, and, and they, I've read research that says if you set a time, then if you don't do it, then your mind reminds you, and you know you're right. not doing what you committed to. So it's about setting a specific time, if possible. Yeah, to, and to have that become a routine, um, really yeah. important um, f- for that, you know, very important to have that specific time and place for daily prayer that can put you in the mood and, and as you say, offer that consistency. Um, when when we don't do it, you know, when we don't carve out those, you know, that time for ourselves and take care of ourselves as we should, um, it it takes its toll. It has its effects, some very negative effects for us. And many times, you know, we see these things are happening where these subtle effects are disrupting our life and we're not putting the, you know, connecting the dots that this is because of our behavior because we're not taking care of ourselves. Um, you know, we, we don't, not only we lack self-care, but we have strained family relationships. Sometimes people lose their jobs because of this or social isolation. We just don't even feel we have the energy to invest in relationships with friends and, and uh, others anymore. And sometimes we even perpetuate it with, with our kids, which, which is a bad thing. And then there's all the negative physical effects, you know, the headaches and indigestion and insomnia and fatigue. And it's interesting how many of us will get those symptoms and not put the pieces together that maybe we're just doing too much and not taking care of the basics of our lives. You know, the irritability, um, the impatience, you know, trouble remembering things or poor eating habits, either overeating or poor food choices. And, you know, it it goes on and on. And, And very importantly, distancing ourselves from God, you know, can be can be part of that. Um, you know, it's uh, frustrating. I, f- I find it encouraging, though, when I think about all this and I get frustrated with myself. I, I reflect on um, Paul, as he told us in Romans, you know, for I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. And I think to myself, mm-hmm. my goodness, if Paul was guilty of this, I need to be kind to myself and patient with myself and cut myself some slack here. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think that's it, Charlotte. I think that what you said right there, I think, touches the heart of so many of our listeners today and who will be listening. I feel like that it's out of their kind heart that they just feel like they're to give and they're to give and they're to give and, to, and they're to give. And they don't realize that that same kindness that God calls us to give to others, he calls to give to ourselves. Not, you know, I feel like that, that 
so important for and people are just giving to the point to where I mean I have literally in the last just in the last couple of months you know worked with some people who just sit and cry because they just don't feel like they're, that they're doing enough because we as women and as, I know that men are more uh, labeled this way but it's just the same with, with women we want to be fixers we want to take care of everything we want to you know I think about that scripture in first Peter where Jesus says cast all your cares upon me because I care for you somehow we've started telling people to cast cast their cares upon us rather than right. you know us just undo it no it's Jesus that you're to cast all your cares upon and be that middleman so to speak rather than trying to take on everybody's burdens because I'm seeing a lot of people who are just exhausted and worn out and and, and it just, it hurts me to see them but somehow Charlotte there's this thought that if they don't that they're being selfish and they're not doing what they're supposed to do speak to people who are feeling that way today you're, you're absolutely right and um you know, we also, I think, have this compounded by social media where um, people see, you know, these shots of what other people are doing that, oh, so-and-so took her grandkids to the zoo and spent a day at the zoo or, you know, look at what she baked, these elaborate goodies that she baked for the bake sale. <laughs> and, you know, I think that has done a lot to even impose more guilt and frustration on people, you know, that they somehow, what they what they see out there and they're comparing themselves to that and thinking, I'm falling short, you know, I'm, you know, not only messing up in my own household and so on, but look what these other people can do, look what my peers can do, and I can't do that, so I really must be falling short. And we really beat ourselves up with that um, and, you know, need to sit back sometimes. I mean, that, by the way, is happening with all age groups, not just you know, we we at this stage of life, but um, you know we need to sit back and and realize this that we've got to look at what we're judging ourselves by and what we're comparing ourselves to, and how realistic is it, and is it really honoring the Lord and and connecting with Him to see what path He wants us on, and what is going to be pleasing to Him, and what is His plan for us. Um, it's it's a very challenging time these days. It, it actually is. Yeah, I I so agree with you, and I'm seeing that in people that in in the ministry and different. You know, I just I see it. I, I'm a people watcher. I love to. I could sit in an airport, or I could sit. I love watching people. I just I love the interaction. I love. But I will tell you what. It just seems to me, and I travel now that COVID's over. I've started started traveling a little bit more and you sit there and you don't see a lot of really happy countenances like you once saw and mm-hmm. I think it's because of I think that you know just we're just not seeing you know the life of abundance that Jesus said that he brought to us but that requires us doing our part too I believe Charlotte we're going to take a 30 second break we're going to do that and to our audience I know how much you're enjoying this conversation today I know that you're writing down all these pointers these nuggets of wisdom Um, I want to invite you if you'd like to call in if you have a question for Dr. Charlotte you can call 347-324-5246 and press 1 be sure and press 1 and uh, come on to the radio and ask a question or a thought. Maybe you're in a situation and you're just not sure how you can um, modify that or alter that to where you can create some time of your own. When we get back, Dr. Charlotte's going to talk about that. She uses the analogy of an airplane uh, when you get, go into an airplane. And we're going to start with that. But please feel free to call in when you do dial that number, 347-324-5246. Press 1, you will go into um, our uh, virtual green room, and you'll be able to talk to someone. Then they will alert me that you're on air. So you don't immediately come on air. I know that will give you a little bit of ease. So if you'd like to do that, if you have a question, please just let us know. All right, Dr. Charlotte, we're going to be right back in 30 seconds. Okay. I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom. I had no idea how hard it would be and what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and ways for me to stay positive. 
Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics, but also information about the hurdles I was facing. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org slash caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee, Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. Wow, we're having an incredible conversation today. But before we get back to Dr. Charlotte, I'd like to remind you, if you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can go to www.rosesandrainbows.org and find out all about what we do with radio, TV, and the many, many uh, ways that we meet to um, get together to serve one another. We'd also like to remind you that 2022, we are doing our National Friends of Faith Tour. We'll be going into 12 to 15 areas. We already have 12 areas. We may add a few more. Going into areas to partner with them, to extend upon and spread upon our territory of what God is doing, and to connect and to really just You know, this ministry of friendship is so important, so we are going to be doing that. Also, we'd just like to remind you to be a part of our ministry in any way, especially at Up To Me Radio right here. We'd like to invite you to to subscribe to Up To Me Radio so that you can find out what's going on, the newest shows, and even some free giveaways. So we'd love to have you subscribe to our show today. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us. We love having you. Let's get back to our incredible guest today, Dr. Charlotte Eliopoulos. I always have to just kind of sound that out a little bit. Um, I love I love that name. I love just saying it. It's like a song. I feel like I'm, I'm a singer. <laughs> You've got a beautiful name. But you have a beautiful heart, and you have spent so much of your life learning so that you can share with others how to live their best lives. And Charlotte, I just thank you for just being who you are and the way you've invested in yourself so that you can invest in others. You are truly a gift to our world, and I just love you so much. I thank you. Well, well let's go ahead and get started. We talked about uh, you have your two books, and before we end today, I'd like Want to let everyone know where and how to receive these books. But let's start out. You use um, an analogy of an airplane. Let's start out right there and as we begin to move into some of the things that we can do now to really step back and move more into uh, a way of self-care, that we can start to um, uh, find time for that. So most of the time, to find time for something, we have to take away something. So let's let's start right there. Let's okay. talk about that analogy. Well, if in one of the analogies with with an airplane it has to do, you know, if you've ever flown and say you've had kids with you or whatever, and there's an emergency while you're up in the air, and they what do they tell us to do? You know, the mask drop down, and they tell us put the mask on ourselves first, and then help others. And I think that's a wonderful example of how, you know, <laughs> it really condenses it, that if we're not taking care of ourselves and making that a priority, we're going to be kind of useless to others. Um, we're not going to be our best, you know, to serve others. So, um, you know, basic, basic kind of thing. It makes such common sense, and we violate it so darn much. <laughs> so, you know, and it's Tim... Go on. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say it sounds so simple, but it is not simple at all. Oh, it's it's very difficult. You know, when when you look at the at what it takes to improve our self care, none of these are so dramatic and complex that we can't do it. But um, you know, it's it's interesting how we we tend to overlook it and ignore it. You know, I think one of the first things is to acknowledge that it is important, and it not only benefits us, but it benefits all those that we're coming in contact with and trying to help out and and care about and care for. Um, you know, as I said earlier, it helps to identify what our specific weak areas are. 
you know, for some people it's eating too much junk food. For others it's not engaging in regular prayer or um, overscheduling. But to sit back and, I mean, take some some time to sit there and, and maybe even with a friend or somebody who knows you pretty well and talk about that. Um, to pray, um, you know, it's it's kind of interesting to me that we will ask for prayers and, and to ask for prayers as well, but we'll ask for prayers once an illness hits us. But often we're reluctant to ask for prayers that we can be more disciplined and to, you know, do the, the steps, take the steps that we need to take to better care for ourselves. Um, we need to abandon the shoulds. You know, we burden ourselves, you know, and feel guilty if we don't do these things that we think we should do. And we need to tell ourselves it's 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 not only okay, but it's healthy. We don't have to feel guilty about setting limits and saying no occasionally. I think discussing this with a friend is helpful, too, because it could be the friend has similar challenges and you can be supportive to each other as you try to affect some changes in your life. Um, finding ways to manage stress. And again, I think we all need to sit back sometimes and say, just how am I managing stress now? And it's interesting that even though intellectually, probably every one of us would say, yeah, we know we need to manage it, when we think about how we're actually implementing that, it's not really playing out in our life that we're doing it real well. And and laughing a lot, putting humor in our life, being silly. You know, there's research that shows that just laughing a lot has positive effects on our health. So, and, you know, practicing healthy selfishness. And I keep pushing that, particularly with women, that you cannot pour from an empty vessel. And if you're not taking care of yourself, you're no good to anybody. Right. Oh, man, you've just hit a lot of powerful things right there. But I'll tell you what, my mind, I mean, I'm writing and I've got the book. With, but I'll tell you what, the place where you said something that I think that every one of us just wanted to pause on is the should. Charlotte, mm-hmm. we are always, I mean, don't we hear that word so many times, I should do this, they should do that. But let's pause right there. Let's just talk about how we can get some of these shoulds out of our lives. Because that's that is a that is a guilt trap right there, isn't it? <laughs> it absolutely is, and it often causes us considerable burdens and stress because we take that on. And uh, again, many times you have to sit there and say, "Why do I think I'm the one who should do this?" You know, why should I host all the family dinners? Why should I have those grandchildren every weekend? I love them to death, but I really, you know, I want a a life too, and I don't want to be babysitting them every weekend. Um, I should, you know, I, I think it's great to volunteer and help out at my church, but should I have to be the one who's always manning the kitchen when we have all these events there? And so I think reflecting on what's motivating you in the first place and and then starting to feel some confidence that, you know, you can't be responsible for how others are reacting. If you have legitimate reasons for setting those limits, you're not being selfish, you're not being mean. If other people react to it negatively, so let it be. Um, you know, and I know I, I tell women, I said, you know, you, you feel guilty if somebody, you know, is making you feel badly because you didn't volunteer for that church committee because you're already overloaded. Would you have felt guilty if they asked you to go bar hopping with them this weekend and be unfaithful to your husband and say, oh, my goodness, no, no, no. Well, you know, taking care of ourselves, you know, not abusing our temples is a form of a sin, too. You know, let's let's look at it that way as well. Maybe that can help reprogram our minds a little. Right. Well, you know what? That is so true because the scripture that you have on the back of your book, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, mm-hmm. honor God with your bodies, First Corinthians 6. 19 and 20. So there's right. the scripture to substantiate that very powerful truth you just gave. We Absolutely. don't take that literally, do we? We think, it, we think it says, therefore, honor everybody else's body, right? right. Take care of everybody. <laughs> but that brings it back to us. 
Absolutely, absolutely. I think about um, the Proverbs 31 lady. You know, I never really liked Mm -hmm. her that much. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she just wasn't anybody I really wanted to talk about a lot. Until a few years ago, and I really started studying her. I was like, how do I get to know this woman? And so many people kind of um, relate to her in a way that sets her up as a mentor. This is how I should be. There's that word again. But mm-hmm. what people don't understand, Charlotte, is that woman, everything she did, That she wasn't doing all that at one time. Those were through the different seasons of her life. Right? That, she was explaining her whole life. So somehow we've gotten it in our mind. We're supposed to take everything that that woman was doing and do it on a daily basis. And that's just not what that woman did. So we can relax and move away from her just a little bit, don't you think? Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, there are different seasons of life and different things take on um, priority at different seasons. And, yeah, that's what we need to realize, that she was capable. And I think she um, showed women, you know, that we have these multiple capabilities and um, are capable of all these things, but it doesn't mean they all have to be on the plate at one time. And you're absolutely right. It's an important point you brought up, Kim. Absolutely. I mean, there's just different seasons. One of the things that I'm talking to moms, and I think sometimes you have to grow through a season to have the wisdom to look back. And I think that's why mentoring is so important. Charlotte, I was at a home um, a couple months ago and the mom was, you could just tell she was so nervous, She was, just, and the child was, she had a little, little toddler, and he was running all over the place, and he had gotten food on his hands, and then, of course, he touched the 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 door, and the glass, you know, had the stain, and, and she ran to, to wash it, I said, oh, no, leave them, leave the handprint there, and she went, she looked at me, and I said, listen, I promise you there's going to be a day when that handprint is no longer there and you're going to you're going to that is going to be the most precious thing in the world mm. to see that child I said don't wipe it away so quickly we are we all love it and sometimes we need to remember that you know seasons are passing quickly and the things to quit worrying about what everybody else thinks that's what I'm trying to say that we need to quit worrying about what everybody else thinks and take in life as it's happening and you talk about in that being present with where we are and enjoying it. Let's talk about that for a minute. Not worrying about if if everything's not perfect or the way everything maybe someone expects it to be. So let's talk about that because that's a should right there is to stop and take in the moment. Absolutely. To be in the present. And many times you, you hit it on the head. I mean, we are so, you know, projecting the future. And, and that's really how many people in our society have been programmed. You know, plan ahead. You know, plan what's, what's that next degree you're going to get. And when you're married, how are you going to plan the children and your home? And how are you going to decorate it and all of this stuff? And, you know, rather than the here and now, what's before us now? It's unfortunate that sometimes it takes um, a significant um, negative thing or, you know, sad thing in our life for us to start to appreciate that. You know, when somebody mm-hmm. suddenly dies, I know in my previous marriage I was widowed and, you know, I was at the point we were thinking life would go on forever and everything would be just wonderful and we could, you know, hold off doing other things and, you know, worrying about fixing up houses and taking trips and doing this. And then, bam, you know, he gets sick and, and is dead within a year and how life changes and how you begin to appreciate that, my goodness, you really do need to live for the here and now because we don't know what the future holds. And we may be ignoring the needs of others around us. We may Maybe missing opportunities to impact other lives, to grow ourselves, to have a deeper walk with Christ ourselves when we don't take advantage of that. Um, we're, we're many times much more future-focused um, and um, focused on material things instead of relationships and spirituality and things that really get to the heart of, of what the meaning of life is all about. I think the more we get into the Word, the more we become less like the world. The world tells us, buy this, buy that, you have to do this, you should be this. And when you, one of the things that I love about your writings and what you do is that they are truly freeing. What you write frees us because you use God's Word and it, you're, you are helping us to see 
to to walk away from so many of the shoulds and get back in in God's presence and allow him to dictate and and to uh, whisper in our ear what uh, what he would have us to do and so to me um i i i think that your books are very freeing and so listeners we're going to tell you how to get these books because they really do help you to see from god's perspective um charlotte on page uh 29 of your uh, book you have practic- practicing the spiritual disciplines i'd like to take just a few minutes with those because I feel like that we get so busy with everything else that we we forget about the spiritual disciplines and to me if my if my heart is in line with God and his word it seems like I'm more open uh to remembering you know the physical and the emotional and I think it just that feeds me into the others let's take a few minutes and talk about some of the ways that people today could begin um, practicing spiritual disciplines or why they're so important just mm-hmm. to get started. I'd like to spend the last few minutes of, you know, how do we get started now making uh, some choices that are going to benefit us and our personal self-care? Mm. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because with the spiritual disciplines, I, I think, you know, Things like prayer and Bible study and worship, you know, fasting kind of come to mind, you know, initially. But some of the other disciplines that can impact our lives and, and again, can honor the Lord, um, simplicity, you know, being content, um, whatever the circumstances, and fellowship, you know, we're we're devoted, you know, the apostles kind of devoted themselves to, to fellowship and, um, you know, stewardship where, uh, you know, we should use whatever gifts we've been given to serve others as uh, faithful stewards of, of God's grace um, and evangelism and confession. Solitude and silence are spiritual disciplines, and we often forget that, you know, to be still and know I am God. <laughs> um you know, there's times where we just need to understand that, yeah, this is what he wants for us. You know, gratitude, the giving thanks in all circumstances, and, and celebration. You know, rejoice in the Lord always. You know, I say it again, rejoice. We we hear that. And, you know, many times we don't sit back and feel good and uh, thankful and celebrate all that we have um, around us in life and what we see around us and the little joys. You know, we can get so aggravated with with the little aggravations and the disappointments that we forget there are so many blessings that surround us that that can make us feel good just by acknowledging and honoring. Yeah, absolutely. I love these because I think that it gets us back to the basic practical way that we can really enjoy life and you know Mm -hmm. just like with that fellowship you know i i made a note there kim always make sure that you're 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 taking a little bit of time with a friend each day text a friend you know how are you hey i miss you just something to make those special connections because we can become so isolated that we don't even have time for our friends and i'll tell you what that's just the enemy's playground i think uh, you've mentioned a couple times today about friends and talking with friends and being with friends. That is, I mean, Charlotte, how important is that to make those connections and, and have someone who just really knows you uh, without any judgmental uh, attitudes, just really knows who you are that you can laugh with and have coffee with? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that is important to our health, isn't it? It certainly is. and And not only laugh with them, but also cry with them and, you know, share your insecurities with them, you know, share your frustrations, your angers at times, you know, and somebody who cares enough to to be there, to have the, the patience and, and time to invest to, to listen to you, to be a friend enough to be honest with you and not necessarily say, oh, yes, you're right, but to, to point out when you're not. And to be there to to be supportive of you, very very valuable. And um, you know, as you say, sometimes we get so caught up in the busyness of life that we don't take the time to nurture those kinds of friendships, to develop and nurture them. 
Um, and as you say, you know, just to take time, even if it's a short little call or, you know, a little text, how you doing, or, you know, sharing something, you know, about our day with somebody can really make a difference, you know, in our life and their life. Absolutely. And I mean, I just, I am so 100, 110% sold on that. I just feel like if you don't have someone that you can run to, you know, in, in the time of need or someone that you can celebrate with, you know, when something great is going on, mm-hmm. you just miss so much. And there are, what is it, Harvard put out a study a few years ago, the number one disease, I put that in quote quotation marks, but the number one disease among Americans right now is loneliness. We've never had a time where we had more friends on social media and more of this, mm-hmm. that, but when we really have, you know, a flat tire at 10 o'clock at night, who are you going to call, right? Or when you really want, you know, who's going to come to your rescue? And those are things that are very important. Okay, I'm going to scoot over very quickly to uh, the mental, promoting mental health. And uh, I'm scooting, uh, I'm going between these two books and I'm getting, there's so much to talk about. But one of the things I wanted to maybe begin to wind down to talk about is in promoting mental health on page 103 of your book, you put number one, and I love this, a healthy mental state includes, number one, being accurate in your perceptions of yourself, others, and situations. I love that. Knowing who you are and what you're about, that is so, I mean, how important is that, Charlotte, to know know about yourself, to understand who you are, self-awareness. It's very important. And, and with that is to know yourself realistically. Um, not necessarily how you think others perceive you or if you've been raised in a family that's not exactly the healthiest family and they've given you an image of yourself that's not realistic and it's maybe negative, to to be able to sit back and, and be realistic and say, okay, you know, this is who I am and, and I can feel good about myself. There's enough there, you know, in all of us to have something that we can point to to feel positive about, you know. Um you know, very important, you know. And and as you say, the, the other parts of, of that mentally healthy state are um to be responsible, to be discerning, to be able to cope with things. And I think we need to sometimes sit back and say, how well am I coping? Am I exploding? I mean, am I, you know, fussing with my husband, you know, all the time over things or, you know, nagging my kids all the time or at work, you know, gossiping behind people's backs, you know, just how am I, how am I really reacting and responding in situations? You know, to be open to, to continuing to grow and learn. We never know it all, and we're, we're continuously students of life. And to be open to that and to acknowledge that, you know, we, we're not perfect beings and uh, things change and, and we need to grow along with that. Um, you know, to, to be successful in meeting just the basic demands of everyday life requires some good mental health and a healthy mental state, and um, we need to appreciate that as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, uh, what would you suggest, Charlotte, for those who are listening? You know, give us one or two things. How how do we start? You know, we're listening to you and we're thinking, you know what, I haven't taken care of myself maybe as much as I have. I am exhausted. I am feeling some of these symptoms that Charlotte was talking about. I am tired. I feel a little moody. I'm, I am forgetting things. You know, um, I see people walk out of the grocery store and looking for their cars. Now, I don't do that any longer because <laughs> I work in the same aisle, so I don't have to guess anymore. But, <laughs> but you know, just what? Give us a couple of things. We have about five minutes. Give us two or three things that we can begin today to start living a healthier um, life through self care. Okay, I, I think one of the basics is first of all to pray for some direction. You know that we mm-hmm. can that the Lord will give us insight into those areas that need improvement because it could be just on our own. We're not going to be able to identify them. Um, to to find ways to simplify our lives, and I know that is very very challenging because life has gotten more complex, more demands. More, you know, I mean, I, I just think to myself, 
my mother didn't have to deal with Internet and social media and all of that. And the time in the day that she didn't spend doing that could be spent with interactions and sitting and taking care of herself and resting where, you know, perhaps we don't don't have that in our lives. We're much more complex. Um, you know, setting limits, I can't emphasize enough, you know, that we don't have to do it all. The house does not have to be spick and span. We don't have to have those home-cooked dinners. We don't have to volunteer for everything, you know, put our hands up, everything, and you know, that comes along. Um, to find ways to manage stress, because when we're not managing that stress, it's impacting our physical health, our mental health, our spiritual health, every aspect. And I, you know, when I'm working with groups of women, I mean, it, I'm always, you know, in, intrigued with how much we don't take care of ourselves. You know, we just don't manage that stress. We got a lot of it in our lives, but there's no plan to regularly release and and get ourselves in a point of recovering from it. And we, you know, we do that in different ways. Some of us, it's yoga or listening to music or praying or exercising or playing with our dog. Um, but we need to think about that. You know, what have we built into our life? Because it's more more essential now than, than ever. I love that. I, I, and, and those are some ways, listeners, that we can all begin today. Just sit down. I love that you started it with prayer because of those insights, because sometimes we don't even know our know ourselves well enough and god god will reveal that to us so we just have a couple minutes left would you please tell our audience how they can um, purchase these incredible books that you've written that we've been discussing all right thank you and they're they're both on um amazon.com that's the way to get them and the, the one as you said is called christian holism and the other is caraholism, and it's a play on alcoholism, but caraholism, and the, the subtitle is Understanding and Recovering from the Need to Excessively Care and Do for Others. But if you just kind of type in caraholism, that would do it. And if, if anybody wants to contact me, you know, directly has any questions or, or whatever, I am very, very open to that. Um, I... You know, I, I I don't know if you want me to give my uh, email address now or if we can post that somewhere, but I'm more than glad to share that. No, no please go ahead and give that information out right now. That'd be great. Okay. It's Charlotte, C-H-A-R-L-O-T-T-E, at womenafire.com. And that's W-O-M-E-N-A-F-I-R-E.com. And the Women of Fire is a title of another book that I wrote for women at midlife and of a blog that I that I have. So and the Facebook you, page, you, Women you, of Fire. That what you what you present is so good for all of us and and I just really appreciate gosh, Charlotte, I so appreciate you taking this time in your uh book on page one twenty nine it says being whole. This is kind of the way you um, are closing this out. And you say, caring for your body, mind, and spirit demonstrates your respect, appreciation, and stewardship of the gift of life that the Lord has given you. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, when you really start to look at it that way, that I am honoring God by the way I live my life, there's something about that that makes me not feel selfish makes me feel like I shouldn't continue to push my body to the limits to where it's not comfortable and not to a place to where it's overstressed and to really come back and do what you said. Just be in the presence of God. To mm-hmm. set aside those moments, even if I'm washing dishes, whatever it is, to be in his presence and allow him to guide me. And for those who are listening today, that is my prayer today, that you'll just take a few minutes every day and even if it's wherever it is that you'll just come back and allow God to begin to dictate uh, what he would have you to do and take some of those shoulds out of your life, friends, because you're doing all that you can. And don't feel guilty or selfish because you choose to take care of the masterpiece 
that God has made, mm-hmm. the one, the vessel that he has given. Charlotte, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been a delight, and you've given us so many nuggets. Thank you, friends, so much for joining us, and maybe we can do this again sometime. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Bye, everybody. See you next time. To learn more about Kim's books, teaching materials, or to invite Kim to speak at your event, please visit KimCrable.com. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, to learn more, please visit KimCrable.com.